0: Javier Reyes with Animals as Readers and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Tom Schultz and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Inver J. Malmsteen and you are listening to Iron City Rocks.
1: Hey guys, this is Gus G. You are listening to Iron City Rocks. Ah!
2: episode 331 of the iron city rocks podcast i'm your host john coming to you from the iron city of pittsburgh pennsylvania bringing you the best rock hard rock heavy metal blues and today jazz fusion talk on the net we are joined by two special guests we have first joining us from ozzy osbourne's band and firewind we have gus g on the phone and also we are joined by jazz Prague legend Al Demiola. So we're going to get right into those conversations. We're going to give you just a little taste of the new Firewind. Talk to Gus G first. Son of the Lion,
0: Keeper of the Gates of Fire, to all noble souls of this land, if you spill your blood with me, then I shall tend to your wounds. If you thirst for metal, then I shall give you mine. If you follow me, I shall lead you to Sparta, under the stars of the gods themselves. Together we shall rid this world of the Persian beast. And to you, thy enemy of this land, I say, Molonave, Molonave.
2: Welcome to the show from Firewind. We have Gus G on the line.
1: How are you doing, Gus? Hey, I'm fine. How are you doing? Thank uh, you. I'm doing
2: very well. You guys have just dropped a great new record, Immortals, uh, here in January. And uh, wanted to get a chance to talk to you about that. Can you start with why such a long gap between albums this time?
1: Um, for various reasons. I mean, first of all, we were out of a singer by the end of 2012. Uh, in 2013, we had a... We had um, some um, gigs planned out, basically a whole world tour. We did America, Europe, and Australia, but we hired somebody as a touring singer, and it didn't work out with them, and um, at the end of 2013, I decided to uh, basically take a break from the band and then try out something else, so I I ended up doing two solo records and started touring with that and started developing that. Mm. Um, and at the same time, we were still looking for a singer with Firewind. Um, when uh, one of my touring singers, uh, Henning Basse, a guy from Germany, who had also helped Firewind in the past ten years ago, in fact, uh, he uh, he seemed to be the perfect fit for us. He was a good friend, and he knew he loved the band. He he was still looking for a band, and um, you know, by the time all these things happen, and uh, time flies, and. Uh, sometime last year we started working on uh, on our album on our new album so mm. here we are today
2: I guess when you write obviously you you've got a couple different you know different gigs uh, so to speak when, when you write do you kind of put you know different files that you know songs you create a way for you know this is more my solo sound this has got a more of a fire wind sound how do yeah. you how do you differentiate that
1: I think by now, it's pretty obvious to me what where each idea is gonna end up, because Firewind is uh, has a, such a distinct sound and it's like a, either traditional heavy metal or power metal, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So anything that was gonna be right up that alley, it's, I know it's going to be on a Firewind record. Whereas on my solo stuff. Uh, I'm Going for a more It's still heavy metal But it's a bit more On the hard rock side of things If you know what I mean
0: Either
1: Or either more modern Or more classic rock So I've been playing around With those kind of sounds More of my Hard rock roots And at the same time You know Whenever I have all these 80s Shred instrumentals i They're, they're probably Going to end up On one of my solo records too sure. So Yeah uh, yeah, and then and then of course with the solo thing, I collaborate with other artists as well. So yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy to differentiate the two by now. Yeah.
2: No, with with Firewind, you know, being as you mentioned a power metal, which is kind of the, you know the genre. When you hear it, it sort of sticks in my head. Um, do you use different scales or anything in particular in your work, or you know, different keys that, that kind of lend itself more to that style of music?
1: Um. Well, obviously. Yeah, power metal is a very melodic and European sounding, I would say So um, It's not so much based on, on the blues scales or pentatonic scales It's more like diatonic stuff mm-hmm. If we have, if we were going to speak on musical terms So a lot of minor, melodic minor uh, Diminished, that kind of stuff Or chromatic Or, you know, that those kind of scales But th- a lot of that is uh, part of my background anyways and my playing too So, yeah, it's it's it seems it's normal for me to, to come up with songs like that right. Now, I know yeah. you,
2: from what I've read you your dad kind of turned you on to you know guitar playing in, in the classic rock. but were there particular players in your kind of formative years um, that you sort of really focus on as, as a guy who might have influenced your playing?
1: Absolutely. Um, I would have to say in the heavy metal side from the heavy metal side of things, I would say Tony Iommi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and then later Dimebag Daryl and guys like that and then of course you know Malmstein, um, uh, Paul Gilbert Marty Friedman guys like that a lot of the 80's uh, shredders
2: right I, you know I, when I listened to your album I have to admit the first band that came to my mind the first time I heard Firewind was actually a, a lesser known man called Impelitary um, that, uh, him,
1: him too and, and Chris is amazing and so underrated yeah Impelitary really? too I, I love his records I've uh yeah, I remember I had a couple of his records listening uh, to him when I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. Yeah.
2: and It yeah, um, was great stuff with Graham Bonnet on, on vocals, especially absolutely. with some of that material. Um, Your uh, time away with with Ozzy, I mean, obviously he's been kind of uh, wrapped up with the end tour. Um, do you have any kind of bittersweet feelings about the end of Black Sabbath? And what does that Does that mean anything in particular to you as far as what you're going to be doing? With him,
1: I th- I think I think uh, it's bittersweet for all the metal fans, you know. Just imagining a world without Black Sabbath, um, and uh, I mean, I hope they don't really hang it up like completely. I mean, I ju- I was just reading like a few hours ago some um, some stuff on Blabbermouth, uh, like mm-hmm. an interview with Tony Iommi, like right after his last gig, and he said he wants to put out more music and he doesn't uh, exclude the, the you know the, the possibility of them doing like one of gigs or maybe festivals mm. or whatever. So um, I think that gives hope. I mean, I, I really don't want to think of a world without Black Sabbath. You know, I want to. Yeah. I want these guys to play for as long as they're alive. And uh, um, so, I mean, you know, they're they might be in their 70s now, but you know, from they they can still rock like anybody, like nobody's business. You know, and sure. they're, they st- they still got it. So. Um, yeah, man, I would love to hear more more music for from from Tony Iommi or Black Sabbath or whatever it's going to be, whatever project they're up to, you know. Sure, so
2: Yeah, I, I think all you? all of us remember the No More Tours, and we've seen a few tours since then from.
1: from Absolutely, the yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I would say that was a little bit early for him to kind of call it a day. Like, what, what was he like in his early 40s or something?
2: Yeah, I to say <laughs> I think Zach was still probably in his 20s at the time when. Yeah, was he
1: that. was just a kid. Yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. So, um. As far as gear, um, you recently moved to Jackson uh, and have got kind of a you know very '80s Charvel look to that guitar. Can you talk a little bit about you know what the process went into doing a signature edition Jackson?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, this this particular design I've been using for more than twelve or thirteen years now. Uh, I started using it when I was with ESP. Mm. I think back in two thousand four, maybe two thousand three. I can't remember two thousand four, probably. Like even before that, I was playing a Washburn, like a dime bag guitar. So yeah. it was this shape, uh, but bigger. But um, uh, started working with Jackson. I, you know, obviously, I'm, I don't know maybe people, maybe a lot of gear freaks will know that, but maybe people will not know that this shape that I'm playing, this Random Star or Star Shape, whatever it's called, uh, the patent is owned and designed by Charvel, and so and so Jackson owns this. Sure. Uh, so it's, it feels nice to go back and play the original guitar if you know what I mean and yeah, um, yeah it was really it was really cool to to, uh, to uh, meet up with those guys and uh, and see how they work you know I went over to the Fender factory last year and we made a few prototypes and we uh, yeah we really ab these guitars that I had with the new ones and uh, I was really blown away by the sound and and not only that I mean of course the playability and the sound plays a big role but um, for me, like the the passion and and, and the strategy and the th- and and how a company thinks is also very important. You know how mm-hmm. how you're going to be presented. You know how how are we going to uh um uh, you know what what the, the quality of the product. How are we going to present it? What's the long term plan? And um, yeah, all those things. Um, and one more thing that I like about Jackson and, and spe- specifically for their signature line is that it's very. It's very limited, you know, it's not It's not a company where everybody and their mother gets a signature guitar, you know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, absolutely it's, it's, right there. Yeah, so it's very special, and it's a, they're a legacy company. And then I, I saw myself wanting to be a part of a company like that, you know, with, with all those great guitar players that they have up there. So it's, it's a huge honor for me.
2: Yeah, now, do you – obviously you've got tour dates with Firewind uh, kind of through the first half of the year laid out on your website – um do you have plans to come back over to the states and do touring uh
1: with firewind yes um not as of now we haven't really discussed it um you know in detail i think um i, I think we have to see how and, and we have to see how the album performs and how it's received i mean so far the feedback is amazing from press and fans um but right now we're really focusing in, in Europe and trying to hit as many festivals as we can and um, really bring the band back to a, to a festival crowd because mm-hmm. it's going to expose us to hopefully a new crowd because we've been away for a few years yeah. and um, so I think that's like the first uh, that's like our first concern or the first um, priority uh, rather than going out there and doing a lot of club shows I think at a, at a second phase that's going to come at some point yeah mm-hmm.
2: Now, just for, for American fans, to kind of give us a, a feel for how you know your style of metal performs around the world. Obviously, we you know America knows you as Aussie's guitarist. Um, how would you contrast the European fans when it comes to specifically Firewind? I mean, is that kind of music does it perform better sales-wise in, in different parts of the world and even specifically Greece? How is how is power metal kind of received there?
1: Um, power metal used to be very big here in, in my country. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the whole style, the whole genre has kind of gone down the hill mm-hmm. worldwide, you know. It's, it's, um, it's I would say probably the most uncool thing to be playing in 2017
2: <laughs> some of us <laughs> but, would disagree but, yeah.
1: but 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 here's the thing we don't do it because you know we want to be the cool kids on the block you know sure. we do it because because we love what we do and we love this kind of music and and you know how it is everything all the trends go in circles like who knows in maybe in three or five years from now this is like the leading metal style and like people are going shit about yeah. You know, yeah. dragons and warriors and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like mentioned. the way it is now with all this Viking stuff or all this folk metal, you know. And and but you know, it's like it's all these genres and tags and stuff like that, and, and it's cool and whatever. But it, I think at the end of the day, you have to play what what you know what's in what your heart tells you and what you feel like doing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I think you you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, if you were trying to go out and do, you know. Gus is going to start a Viking folk metal band, you know, it may seem a bit disingenuous. And sometimes you can hear that.
1: Absolutely, you know, I, yeah. First of all, all my fans are going to fucking slay me. And then, secondly, by the time I I, I form my Viking band and grow my beard, the whole trend is over.
2: Yeah, you missed <laughs> it. <man. laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, I think you can look back to, you know, 19, let's say 1993. I'm sure you, you remember those years when a lot of the, you know, the quote unquote 80s bands tried to change their sound to be more grunge you know take
1: you yeah, know, more Kisses, alternative, yeah
2: carnival carnival of souls is probably a great example people looked at it and were like what the hell is that this isn't kiss you know and, and you don't want kiss to sound like you know a heavy nirvana or soundgarden
1: exactly yeah you know, so, yeah so yeah i guess you have to stick with it you know through high and low um that's that's the only thing you can do really and um uh, and i mean i'm surprised like a record like ours in this day and age, it's like it's charting in some countries. Like you know, it's a, it's a top ten album here in Greece. Okay, but that's that's like our country, so we've had a very loyal following right. that we've been building for years. But like even in Germany, which is the biggest market, you know, in in, in Europe uh, and, the, and the second biggest market in the world, you know, it it, it broke the top hundred and in and, and Switzerland and, and Belgium and uh, yeah, so it's 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 good. It's it's a good indication that there is there is a, uh, an audience out there for this and um, that is loyal uh, so it's it's a good thing and, and yeah. as long as they are as, as as out there we, we'll keep doing what we do
2: now did you find was it noticeable the reaction to the band and, and you know the charting success of the band from the time you joined Ozzy did that name recognition of you know here's Gus G and you know, all the blabbermouths of the world you know quote firewind guitarist did that did you see an uptick in what that did for Firewind kind of right out of the gate?
1: Um I think it opened doors for sure. Um you know, anything huge like that when it's happening, it it can only do good, you know? There's no negatives in that. Um So, but I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying that, you know, it's all all of a sudden selling us 500 more tickets a night. Sure. With, you know, with, with Aussie fans. I wouldn't say that at all, actually. But has it made the band, you know, has it established the band on a different status? Yes. Has it made a lot more people turn their heads and check it out? Yes. So, yeah, the, the, it, the exposure is just insane, you know, for sure. And I'm really grateful for that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at, um, you know, Chris Broderick is a guy I think of, you know, with Jack Panzer. It was a band that, you know, even Nevermore to a, you know, to a lesser degree. But you know, when he became Megadeth's guitar player, it was like, whoa, you know, you you know, you're coming from a really good pedigree. I mean, you're you're working with Ozzy, you're stepping into a situation where, I mean,
1: yeah, especially with Ozzy, it's like, yeah, Yeah. especially with Ozzy because like the legacy is so big there, and and the spotlight for guitar players. You know, he's always was always like Ozzy and his right hand guy, which was the guitar player. So mm-hmm. there's a le- there's there's a certain myth about that, obviously, uh, yeah. going back to the days of Randy Rhodes and then uh, everybody else who came after him. Um, so yeah, I would say it has done a lot of good for the brand, firing and obviously for my own personal brand, uh, has made a lot of more people aware. Um, but I just wouldn't say that you know it's it's you know our our, our venues are flooded with Aussie fans. <laughs> you right. know I think when it comes down to the to the um, what do you call it to the um, to the bottom line is that the you know the, your hardcore fans are the ones that are gonna support you and those right. are a lot of those fans have stuck with us for years and years and even right. before I joined Aussie, um, yeah. But everything is good, you know. Everything is good, and I think everything you do it helps.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it. it uh Certainly, you know, got your name out there, which, you know, is great, but I mean... Oh, for sure. It's well-deserved.
1: It's it's given me opportunities in a life I never imagined, man. You know, I was was able to buy a house without a mortgage. Yes. You know, it's like it, it gave me a lifestyle I never imagined, you know. It's like it's... I, how many guys, how many musicians out there are struggling? Like millions, you know. It's uh, I'm, I'm one of the lucky few ones, and uh, and and I still get to do this for a living, and I, I can uh, I can still take my band around the world, and I can you know it's giving me, you know, I, I can even do solo records now, and it's it's just amazing thing. There's nothing nothing negative about <laughs> yeah. playing yeah. With, with with a guy like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, and it's it's
2: really got to be a wonderful thing, you know, in in from a creative standpoint for you to be able to have. You know, there was always the Black Label Society. You know, you've got Firewind To have that kind of outlet, so you're not playing the same 15 songs year in and year out, you know, that people demand of Ozzy Osbourne, you know. I mean, he obviously brings a new album, but you might add one or two songs to the set list. You know, this gives you, you know, plenty of freedom to continue to do...
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And, and you know, like, I, I, I never took that gig for granted either, to be honest. You know, I look at him as a solo artist and that he can always change his game whenever he feels like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: just like as I jam in my solo band with different people. And uh, so, you know, uh, I, I'm sure he's aware that he has a loyal band there for him. But, uh, uh, but you know, Ozzy's a busy man. He's He has Black Sabbath. He's, he does TV. He does mm-hmm. books. He does all kinds of things. You know, it's not oh. something you can, you know, you can just... Um, take for granted and, right. and, plus he, and plus he's not 40 years old anymore you know he's yeah. up to his 70s now yeah yeah. Well, so just... I, I look at it, as it that it, it you know for as long as it lasts it's been fantastic
2: yeah now do you look at, at any point or have any plans to do another solo record if you started kind of penning anything for that
1: yeah yeah I mean I have ideas all the time man it's like I've been writing and uh I must have have like at least like six, seven, or maybe even eight ideas now for the next solo record. Some of it is instrumental. I think I'm gonna have a few more instrumentals on my next one. Um, I think people would they've, they've been really bugging me about it to do more instrumentals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think on the on the last record, I doing only one was maybe I don't know. I <laughs> I didn't want I didn't want it to seem like I'm oh fuck you guys or something. I'm only going to do one. But it's like I, I would like... It's like I'm, I'm having a hard time writing ten instrumentals. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be considered like one of those guys either. Nothing wrong with that. But it, it's just... You know, I don't fall into that category. I, I like to write songs and have good singers on it. And um, But but now I'm... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like writing some more instrumentals and there's going to be a little bit of both, you know. More instrumentals and, of course, vocal songs too.
2: Yeah, it's got to be very... It, different writing a song where you you know the guitar is the melody the chorus the everything as opposed to being able to say okay i'm gonna have jeff scott soto sing on this that's a whole different you know
1: yeah it's a different thing yeah with yes yes yeah and i was always like that I, I always liked that i always liked bands that had great singers great riffs but then you know the guitar player could you know could bust a great kick ass solo yeah. and then you're like wow where did that come from you know like michael schenker group or you know like Great examples are like early rising, forest, ingvay and stuff. You know, all those guys had songs, you know, with with, with actual great singers singing on
2: mm-hmm. them. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gus, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you uh, again. The new album, Immortals, is out now worldwide. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, iTunes, etc. Easy to find. Uh, we want to wish you all the best, and, and hopefully, we'll see you either you know with Ozzy or with uh,
0: Firewind here in the United States
2: real soon, man.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thirty years
0: and still number one. Bon Jovi live in concert. This house is not for sale. This house is not for sale. The My tour Bon Jovi performing all their anthems. PPG Paints Arena April 5th. Get tickets starting in 1975 at livenation.com You're while supplies last. Service charges apply. The number one album, This House is Not for Sale, is available everywhere. There's more at bonjovi.com.
1: Nasty. Nice
0: all right, a big thanks to Gus
2: G of uh, Firewind and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, the new Firewind album is out now. You can pick that up. Uh, and also be sure to check out Gus's solo albums as well as his work with Ozzy Osbourne when he's on the road. We're going to turn our attention now to uh, jazz uh, guitarist, pioneer, Al Meola, who recently did a show in Kent, Ohio on the Elegant Gypsy 40th Anniversary Tour. Hard to believe it's been 40 years since that landmark jazz, Latin, rock album. So... We had a chance to talk to Al, a um, fascinating conversation, uh, especially for those who are suffering with hearing issues, uh, really kind of delve into some issues that have plagued him in his career. So, we get into that talk now. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome the Iron City Rocks uh, guitarist extraordinaire Al Miola. How you doing, Al?
0: Very good, very good. You just rolled into town here in Kent, Ohio.
2: Yeah, oddly warm, uh, I bet you didn't think it would be quite so uh, comfortable touring this time of year in
0: the, in the Midwest. Well, you know, I was in Florida recently, so you know, I'm 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 thankful for for you know not being so dramatically different. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always going to roll the dice when you're touring anywhere in this region in in February. Yeah,
0: I I have enough of clothes to cover, you know, you know, down to zero degrees. So <laughs>
2: yeah, smart man, smart man. Al, um, you're doing a 40th anniversary tour of, of kind of a landmark album, *Melican Gypsy*. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that impact that that album in particular had on your career?
0: It was huge. You know, it was... was, uh, God, the the album went platinum uh, at a time when, you know, records of that sort, you know, never reached even gold status. But it was uh, just that, you know, the converging of the musical styles... uh, totally worked especially since uh, by that time Return to Forever had just broken up so uh, it's kind of like the ball was tossed to me and, and I was coming into my own as a composer you know so you know it's the, it's the first time I realized that I could actually you know that I that I have another ability other than playing and uh, and it was just the combo of, of the Latin influence with the jazz and the rock element that that Really hit a nerve and uh, got a lot of radio airplay at that time, Uh, and it was the height of the record business. You know, you couldn't have asked for a better year. You know, for the record business. (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely. You realize if that album had sold like this today, you'd be you know playing stadiums on that kind of record sales in
0: 2017. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was just everything converged nicely, you know, and it was a good follow up to Land in the Midnight Sun, where I was just getting my feet wet. So uh, that one really hit hard, and you know, and out of that record, we had two two uh, actual singles, mm-hmm. uh, not in the states so much, but but in Europe, in Germany, and Spain, and I think France at uh, uh, Mediterranean Sundance with Paco, and then also Race with Devil. Uh, became like forty fives, like singles, yeah. and it went on the radio all the time, like the, the commercial radio stations, which was I found to be really bizarre, but but thankful. Yeah,
2: it was such an interesting time for music, where you know a, a jazz progressive album could do something like that. You know, unfortunately, in, in today's cookie cutter world of, Blue. you know, it's impossible um, even for you know
0: yeah.
2: mainstream rock acts to get on the radio, let alone. You know anything that yeah. would dare have the the, the course, word jazz?
0: They, associated. They, they can make great records. These 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 rock acts that we know and love, and right. uh, and uh, a week later, it's history. You know,
2: right now, Al, um, as a person, you you, you um when I listen to your playing, you know, I was very very young when the album came out, uh, but listening to the album now, uh, you can certainly feel the rock influence in your playing. Um, was that something you were ever tempted to kind of explore more, you know and become you know sort of a mainstream rock guy? you certainly have the chops for it, it's,
0: it, it you know I, I I didn't know how to be that really. I didn't know how to 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 you know kind of like uh, emulate and, and kind of like copy uh, mm. that kind of I didn't feel like I had uh, the rock and roll image at all, and I didn't have the the signature licks that they all seem to have, you know, right. because I was brought up uh, you know, studying with a jazz teacher when I was a kid, you know, from nine years old, and I wasn't taught licks. I wasn't taught to play with my first and third finger, these pentatonic blues licks. I was mm-hmm. taught scales. So, but I loved the sound of of that kind of, you know, Les Paul through a Marshall, of course. You know that was that was really hip, especially when you know Ma Vishnu came out and you know Miles Davis uh, went Bitches Brew on us. You know, so it was uh, it, it was a new sound in in a kind of music that was uh, pioneering a new direction that uh, you know was perfect for me because mm-hmm. you know I had that kind of training, but I liked that kind of sound. Right. So <laughs> I couldn't really, you know, when I was in high school and I tried to fit into rock and roll bands, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't right. play like them. I didn't have that kind of training. I tried to, but I sure. couldn't do it. No, And it, it turned out to be, a, a, you know, a positive. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, in in that era, certainly. Um, one of the things that, that kind of struck me as interesting
0: in, you know, watching clips
2: if you play is the Les Paul. Um, not what I kind of think of traditionally is, is maybe the guitar of choice for jazz. I kind of tend to go toward the George Benson with a hollow body guitar. What what drew you yeah. to the Les Paul specifically?
0: Well, the sustain factor, the the, the ability to to phrase and 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 uh, play lyrically, actually, in, in a uh, in a much more uh, dramatic way, I would say, than than you could with a jazz body where you hit a note. With it. Immediately dies, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, yeah, and if, if I'm going to satisfy that aspect of playing, I'll play an acoustic guitar. Where where he, might, I might be more tempted to play arpeggiated uh, harmonic chord sequences mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, playing melodies that have you know long uh, lyric type like phrases. Uh, you, it, it's not as satisfying on those type of jazz bodies or even an acoustic,
2: right. Now have you um, experimented with anything like the sustain, you know, like the, the Fernandez sustainer pickup or anything like that or is that ever, do you ever kind of toy with your rig no. or is it pretty set at this point?
0: No, my rig my rig is quite different than, than uh, the philosophy I had about, you know, that type of uh, combination. You know, mm-hmm. uh, m- now I'm more open to playing with pedal boards because, you know, technology has improved tremendously over 30 years. And uh, each year, actually, there's there's new gadgets coming out. So uh, I had a a former roadie of mine uh, got into – he was very good with electronics and and made his own pedal board and was raving about it on Facebook. So I I called him up and I said, hey, I'd love to hear your, your pedal board. Because years ago, I mean, back back in the beginning, I was I was totally against you know any kind of uh, uh, y- you know guitar device sure. in between the guitar and the amp because it, it for me it just took away a little bit of uh, of the uh, sustain and and punch especially the punch mm-hmm. you know so so. Uh, you know I was a little leery about it but he was the way he explained how technology has gone there was a way to bypass all of the units and and uh, and you know just uh, the, the actual one you're using would be the one you would be hearing you know and then when you go to another one you're only hearing that so you're not going through the full circuitry of the whole board sure. and and I said, well, it's worth a try anyway you know so uh, he came over and, all, and although I had at that time all of this music written for an acoustic record which became Elysium um, uh, he brought over his Les Paul and that board and a map and I was like oh my god I missed this so much plus on top of it all of these new sounds were so hip I said you know what this works just as well with the acoustic music that I'm writing so I did more of a combination of acoustic and electric on my last record Elysium as a result of uh, him showing me what, what's what's out there and available, you
2: know. Now, um, I had read that you had had some hearing damage, and it stayed away from electrics, you know, for that reason. Was there something that kind of made it accessible, like in-ear monitors or things that made it easier to go back to those now?
0: Now, it's still a very big challenge and a and a, and a huge risk, um, and I'm uh, I don't know how long I'll be able to do this because. The tinnitus uh, is a kind of uh, condition that uh, people are predisposed to have okay so not everybody will get tinnitus or let's say chronic tinnitus you know you might have bouts of it you know and and it dissipates over a day or two or three but but if someone that has chronic tinnitus has got permanent damage and there's absolutely zero you can do for it um, as opposed to Uh, any kind of hearing loss which pretty much every single musician has some degree of loss and if it's bad enough uh, there's a lot of amazing things you could do for that Uh, but there's nothing you could do for tinnitus, you just have to kind of live with screaming in your head all the time Sure. all you hear is screaming you know in my case, sometimes it's like a wind sound for others, sometimes it's a chirping sound uh, if you let it drive you crazy, it you will go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. So I, I play with uh, not inner ear. I don't recommend inner ears for anyone. I think it's one part of the worst things you could ever possibly do, because uh, inner ears, basically, I, although <laughs> it sounds appealing because you have control of the volume and you can make it really soft. Right. but, but how, how soft can you make it really if there's a big set of drums playing super loud next to you yeah, I don't care what you put in your ears I don't care if it's cement if you have a loud set of drums next to you you still have to raise the volume in your ears to hear the other instruments that are coming through that the little monitors Right, you're not going to block out the loud crashing of the cymbals and the drums which are mega loud you know Next to you so then now you have to bring up the volume in the inner ears so that's that's direct impact against your eardrum further damaging your ears I highly do not recommend it
2: yeah it's, it's so, interesting. you you hear them kind of tote those is, is helpful for hearing loss but then you think about it totally and it not warn you about earbuds the same way
0: yeah well earbuds too I mean yeah I listen to <laughs> uh, you know my little Bose earbuds <coughs> And I listen as uh, comfortable as I can, not not as loud as I would like. Sure. And there's no way around it. I mean, but but you know, kids today, you know, the younger generation. Let's say, if if they want me to hear, like a lot, a lot of times they'll pass me the, the earphones to listen to something, and right. I can't go, I can't hold them <laughs> anywhere near my ears. It's so loud. So what they're doing is they're destroying those fine little hairs inside the inner ear. Right. And, and although eventually they'll have some hearing damage without a doubt, they'll just have the hearing damage more like at the age of 40 rather than 50 or 60. Sure. And then, and then maybe one out of either 10 or 20 of them will, in addition to having some loss, also have some tinnitus, which could be really debilitating, you know, and, and then there's nothing you could do for it because they're predisposed for it. And nope. tinnitus is not a hearing disorder as much as it is a, a brain malfunction. Okay. Yeah, nope. the, 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 cor- the inner cortex of the brain controls the, the hearing. So what's happening is because you have some loss, that inner cortex is sending out uh, like, like billions of neurons that create this kind of ringing sound, to, to make it in the layman's terms.
2: Does it um, help at all? You know, if you were to do, let's say, an acoustic evening as opposed to a, a electric evening, or is it, it yeah. really the drums yeah. make it worse you no, know, regardless.
0: Uh, acoustic is just better because uh, you're dealing with less overall volume. You, you, usually, when I have an acoustic show, I don't have bass, and when you have drums and bass. Uh, At percussion you're then you know, usually in the electric setting and then I have to turn up the amp to get that, that real quality sustained sound but in the acoustic setting I could forego the bass if I have drums I usually put them behind a wall of plexiglass uh, and I pretty much have a wall right now around my amps, a little wall around the drums which are pretty far away Mm-hmm. And since he plays small drums, it's not it's not unbearable like the drummer we had before. Uh, this particular drummer we have now, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has more tolerable sounding drums than those big cannons that Dr makes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Do you find that shorter tours help at all, or does that have any influence on that?
0: Well, shorter tours is it's you know it has its pros and cons. Shorter tours. Um, I mean if the tinnitus doesn't go down because it, you know there's less shows uh, it, it's permanent okay it's, it doesn't fluctuate at all for any reason whatsoever it can only get worse and it does so you have to be really really careful that you know it doesn't continue on an upward slope right uh, the uh, the, the bad side of shorter tours is that you put so much time into making the music happening yeah. you know I, I rehearse every day at sound checks and rehearse at fine little points Right. lots of lots of in, you know intricate little parts that uh, for sure will be forgotten by the next time you go out that's the downside
2: yeah it's you a know? lot of work for a shorter payoff
0: yeah and we don't have a succeeding you know in succession tours that that uh, you can retain all the little you know, right. those little points that I that I you know drill into everybody every day.
2: You know, Al, well, I, I appreciate the information. I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you've got a show tonight in Kent, Ohio. Um, again, it's the 40th anniversary of Elegant Gypsy. Um, we still got a few shows left on that uh, date, and we'll look for some new music from you in the future, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. You two, the Joshua Tree Tour 2017. Join U2 in celebrating 30 years of their legendary album. June 7th at Heinz Field, The Joshua Tree, performed in full for the first time with special guest, the Lumineers. On sale now, buy tickets at LiveNation.com, the Joshua Tree Tour 2017. Get more at U2.com.
2: All right, a big thanks to Al Meola for coming on the show. You can visit aldemiola.com to find the remaining dates of the Elegant Gypsy World Tour. Also, uh, be on the lookout for new recordings from him as well. Fantastic to have an opportunity to talk to him. Uh, really appreciate him being so candid about the hearing issues as well. Also, don't forget uh, Firewind, new album out now. Watch for Gus uh, on the road in Europe if you're listening over across the sea. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him back in the United States. I know he's doing at least a one off gig with Ozzy Osbourne this summer. Hopefully, we'll see some more dates from the Princess of Darkness uh, with Gus at his side. And we'd love to hear a uh, Gus G uh, studio album. Saw some remarks today from Steve Stevens, uh, Billy Idol fame, that he was working on some material with Ozzy Osbourne. So, hopefully, we'll see him out on the road before too long. So, we invite you to check out IronCityRocks.com. You can check us out at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and Snapchat are all forward slash Iron City Rocks. And uh, you can drop us a line at Iron City Rocks at gmail.com if you've got any comments, criticisms, complaints, whatever. Uh, until next time, we appreciate you listening.